This is episode 245 of the AWS podcast, released on May 27, 2018. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Leisha here with you once again. Awesome to have you back. And we are talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And those regular podcast listeners are probably already slightly guessing what it could be. And it is cost optimization something we like to do a lot of. So I've got two special guests to join me to talk about this very interesting and in-depth topic. I've got uh, Peter Shee and Spencer Marley, and both of them are uh, commercial architects with AWS and my colleagues in Australia as well. Welcome, Peter. Thanks, Simon. Uh, glad to be here. And welcome, Spencer. Thank you, Simon. Good to have you here. And uh We're going to talk about cost optimization. It is a rich and varied topic and one of my favorite topics because I love it when our customers do more for less money. So um, we're going to cover a fair bit of ground pretty rapidly and we'll get into some good detail here. And I think the first place to start is probably where, where most people start, which is reserved instances. So maybe, um, Peter, do you want to have a crack at explaining? Yeah. Reserved instances, how they fit, how people should think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I might just also express one of the main reasons why so many people look to reserved instances for optimization is because they're quick and easy to do and don't require m- much engineering effort at, at all to get started, get some impact right away. But essentially, they're a financial construct or layer on top of your AWS infrastructure. And think of them, I like to think of them and explain them as uh, analogous to discount coupon booklets each reserved instance is like a coupon booklet. You buy the coupon booklet or you commit to the coupon booklet and the number of tickets in that booklet is equal to the number of hours of the term of your RI. So every single hour, one of those coupons gets used or expires and it provides a discount for commitment. And so there have been a few announcements this year with regards to reserved instances um, primarily around improving the flexibility of those reserved instances. Um, We've heard customers voice their need around being quite flexible with their workloads, especially startups, especially uh, dev test environments where you can't be quite sure of what instance types you're using. Uh, So the recent announcements around that have been uh, primarily on convertible reserved instances. I might just go into a bit of detail on that. Yeah, let's, let's talk. Let's talk about actually. But before you do that, so so I think one of the things to, that's important for people to remember is that reserved instances really um, certainly come into their own when you've got a consistent base load that you know about. So you know what we often recommend customers is to you know when they when they put a new application up in AWS or they're migrating something is to run it for a few months to understand best fit and then make some RI decisions because. Typically, you'll get anything from sort of, you know, 40 to 70 odd percent savings, won't you? So it's a, it's a pretty quick payback if you're doing it that way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And thanks for providing that context as well. So, so let's talk about, um, yeah, these convertible RIs. Yep. Sure. So convertible RIs, they're similar to regular RIs. Um, just about two or three weeks ago, we've announced one year convertible RIs. So the properties of convertible RIs include the term one year or three years. Uh, they, Include the scope, so you can have it at a regional level, for example, Sydney overall, or you can apply it to one of the availability zones for capacity reservation. Um, and capacity reservation, we won't go into detail too much in this podcast, but essentially it sets aside some capacity to help uh, instances or improve the likelihood of being able to launch instances in that availability zone. 
you've also got uh, shared versus dedicated. You've got the operating system. Uh, you've got the family and you've got the size. The benefit of convertible reserved instances are standard regular reserved instances is you can change the family. So M4 to R4s to C4s. Uh, you can change the instance size. So size it up or down. You can change the operating system as well. And also you can change the tenancy. So much, much more flexible than the standard option. Uh, the, I suppose, uh, consequence of that is slightly less discount, but typically it is still quite significant relative to on demand. Absolutely. And so, um, so that's one area, which is, you know, making these reservations that make sense for long term. And it's interesting when people do cost comparisons, often I see people compare, uh, the on demand rate for an instance compared to maybe what they'd buy a server for. And it's like, well, that's actually not a, um, an adequate comparison. Really, you should always be comparing a reserved instance price with a, a, an on-premises equivalent to try and get some sort of comparison rate because it is it is very different. But there is a, another mechanism that um, that I think uh, Spencer will get you to um, to talk about, which is the concept of the spot instance. So maybe you can um, reveal that to us. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in addition to the reserved instances, you have the spot instances. And these are a mechanism by which you can bid for excess capacity that we have in the EC2 market. So prior to the recent announcements, you would specify uh, a bid price. And if there was available capacity, then you would um, have access to that instance. Um, and about a month or so ago, we released a functionality whereby you could stop and resume a spot instance. And this basically means that um, you can increase the, the use cases uh, for using spot. Um, so that, that was fantastic. But then also at reInvent, we just announced there are changes to the pricing model. So there's a new price algorithm. And this means that the price of the spot instances will actually be smoother. Um, you'll no longer be um, terminated or stopped by a higher bid. Uh, and so the price is much more predictable and you can take advantage of that um, um, within your fleet. Yeah, and, and Spot's interesting because it does, uh, in the past it required a, a significant change or, or consideration around your architecture. And, and now what we're able to do is, is really offer it for more and more situations with less and less um, uh, updates or, or architectural nuance. The nice thing is, is you still can get between sort of 50 to 90% saving on your compute spend um, yep. using the spot market. So it's, it's pretty compelling. Yeah, that's correct. Whenever I check it, it does seem to be 90% discount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I might just chime in there. I've seen and worked with some customers who have adopted really broad adoption uh, of spot across their enterprise organization. So some customers have hit about the 25% of all EC2 usage mark across enterprise, including production workloads. So they're much more uh, stable and uh, easy to use than before. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now we talked about RIs just before, and um, uh, Peter, I want to come back to you and, and ask about you know from a customer perspective, you know, how do you go about buying the RIs? Like, what's what's the process look like? Yeah, so customers typically buy RIs by having a look at the recommendation list that's now available within Cost Explorer, and so Cost Explorer is a billing tool available for free with AWS, uh, newly released. If you go into the left panel under recommendations, you can see what Cost Explorer recommends for you to purchase. And there's a seven-day view of usage, there's a 30-day th uh, view, and a longer 60-day view as well. Uh, 
depending on the instances you're willing to buy and receive savings for, you would go into your console and purchase the corresponding reserved instances uh, out of your EC2 console. It really is a a self-service approach, which means that you can do um, the purchases that make sense when you need to make them. So you don't have to sort of, you know, talk to anyone if you don't want to. Uh, It's it's totally self-service. Yeah, absolutely. And typically after reserved instance purchases, it is best practice to check Cost Explorer for the utilization of those purchased instances as well, just to make sure you've got the right ones and they're being uh, cost effective and uh, used. For sure. Now, we talked about Cost Explorer a couple of times already and we sort of haven't defined it. So maybe, Spencer, do you want to tell us about Cost Explorer and more importantly, the Cost Explorer API? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as Peter mentioned, the Cost Explorer tool uh, is in the console and what you've got is some pre-built existing reports. So one of them would be the uh, reserved instance coverage and reserved instance utilization that you can see. Um, So you can see how effectively you're using your RIs. Uh, but additionally, now you can actually access the data programmatically via the new Cost Explorer API. So I thought this was a great announcement. Um, and it really means that you can use the API, the Cost Explorer data, uh, as, as you need to use it. So uh, you can access that via um, via the SDKs and, and basically query the exact data that you need and return that instead of processing um, the whole data set. It definitely makes it a lot easier and, and- Decision-making around cost and optimization needs to be fed with real data, and this is, I think, a a great way to get access to that data in as automated a way as possible. Um, I think think to wrap up, I want to get um, both both, Peter, you and and Spencer as well, you you both deal with a lot of our our customers talking about cost optimization strategies, et cetera. Um, I'm going to ask each of you for for a bit of a tip or a, a best practice that you've seen that works really well. So maybe, uh, Peter, let me start with you. What's what's your your one tip you'd like our listeners to think about? Absolutely. Uh, thanks for asking that question as well. I'm always happy to share tips. The most impactful one I've seen that has been implemented across a large number of customers, big and small, is really cost allocation through tagging and eventually getting to chargeback. Uh, because money always talks. And once teams, especially larger organizations, have a chargeback system and teams are responsible for their spend, you get a lot more attention on long-term total uh, cost ownership of a system as opposed to what is the project cost going to be uh, for three months. So I'd say tagging and cost allocation. What about you, Spencer? What do you reckon are the, the big tips? Yeah, my big tip would be with regards to the cost and usage report. So we talk about Cost Explorer, and that gives you access readily to our uh, sorry daily and monthly uh, data. But if you need uh, more granularity over that, then you need the cost and usage report enabled. Okay, so you have to go into the console and um, you have to select the right box and specify the bucket granularity that you need. Once you've got that data collected, then you can really start to build out your own reports and, and analyze um, analyze your spend. And once you once you're allocating it, as Peter said, with the user tags, uh, then you can really start to control it. For sure, for sure. And it's it's interesting, you know, there there are many strategies around cost optimization. That's one of the things I like is it the, the cost optimizations don't uh, fetter or restrict your architectural decisions but you can have them as a concept or a consideration in those architectural decisions. So what I'm going to do is link to the, um, the cost optimization homepage on the, on the website in the show notes where there's lots of strategies as a, an economic center. There's the TCO calculators, et cetera, 
that can help you understand more about cost optimization. And certainly we have a number of meetups that take place around the place talking about this as well because it is a really interesting domain and one that certainly many customers are, are looking to get into. So um, covered a fair bit of ground, so lots of, lots of information to chew on there. So thank you very much, Peter, for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome, Simon, and thanks for the invite. And thank you, Spencer. Thank you. My pleasure. And thank you for listening. We do love to get your feedback at AWS Podcast at Amazon.com. And until next time, keep on building.